0: And we're back with the Silver and Black Pride cast with the next pick in our SB Nation Blogger Mock Draft at pick 24. And with the 24th pick in the 2019 NFL Blogger Mock Draft, the Raiders select tight end Noah Fant out of Iowa. That's uh, that's what I'm going with, uh, and uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Noah no Fant, um, widely considered at least absolutely the second-best tight end in this draft behind his Iowa teammate, TJ Hawkinson. And the, him being available at 24, you get um, a guy who can perfectly replace what Jared Cook brought to the team. Not to say that it's just like instantaneously it's going to be a plug-and-play situation, but uh, – he has the same. Uh, he has similar skill set to what Jared Cook had. He's he's highly athletic. He's practically in a lot of ways like a tight. He's a wide receiver in a tight end's body, and uh, and they fill a major need. the 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 major need that they didn't have going into the offseason when they had Jared Cook that opened up when when Cook uh, left to sign with the Saints, and to be able to replace him with a young guy like this is a pretty good thing. Uh, pretty. It's important that they are able to fill this need with one of these top tight ends in a draft that's got some pretty good tight ends at the top of it. So uh, Tyler's here with me as usual um, to give his take on the uh, selection of Noah Fant at the 24th pick. What are you thinking, Tyler?
1: Well, I really like it. I think uh, Fant is definitely... I agree with you that he's the second best tight end in the draft. And, and that's only because TJ Hawkinson... Who's an equal athlete uh, to Fant is probably the best blocker in the draft outside of some of the top offensive tackles. He's just such a such a great blocker. You know when you have to run outside runs to the outside and just get the edge. Hawkinson will be there to just seal that off and and uh, and get those holes for the for the running backs. And Fant does that too, just not quite as effectively at Hawkinson. Um, Fant runs a four five. The is six foot four inches tall, 249 pounds. He's just an absolute physical specimen. I mean, he's, he's an all-American out of high school, uh, went to high school in Nebraska, chose Iowa. Uh, but in high school, he ran track. He did uh, triple jump and did, did hurdles, did long jump. He's he's uh, just a, a fantastic athlete. He's exactly the kind of guy that would open up the offense for the Raiders and give just one more weapon uh, to Derek Carr with all the wide receivers that we've signed. You, you still need that tight end to, to sit down in the zone over the middle. Uh, and make people respect the the middle uh, passing game. So I I'm a big fan of this pick, honestly.
0: Well, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad you approve. Um, you know, it, it occurred to me like, well, the Raiders have a pick just a couple spots later could could, you know, could you wait on taking Fant, but there's really no reason to to do that to risk that with his, as a, as talented as he is and as much of a need as it is for the Raiders to bring a tight end here there's no need to uh, take that risk when you're looking at the board uh, at, the way the mo- the the blogger mock draft was was shaping up obviously Hawkinson had gone you know a little ways before that and that's pretty much ex- widely expected that Hawkinson will be long gone before the Raiders pick and uh, and honestly in the offseason even when they had Jared Cook I thought that had they held on to Cook uh, taking Hawkinson would have been an ideal complementary piece to Cook, but with Cook gone, I think Fant is a better pick in that he replaced. Like I mentioned before, that he replaces that skill set they lost in, in Jared Cook, so it's a better pick in that regard. And then you just look at you um, look at their raw numbers, and they have fairly similar numbers when it comes to receiving and whatnot, but. Uh, uh, TJ Hawkinson be, he is a better blocker. That's why he would make a, that's why he's the more complete tight end. Uh, but he had nine touchdowns and Noah Fant had twice as many in the last two seasons. He had 18 touchdowns the last two seasons. So you definitely you get that red zone threat and uh, that, you know, the threat to stretch the field, to be completely honest in, in, in Fant. And on the, in the blogger mock draft, there were all the top pass rushers were gone. As is again one of those things that you're seeing time and time again. That by the time the 24th pick comes around, just all these top edge rushers just aren't there on the board, and that's just kind of what's to be expected in this draft. That uh, there, that's not to say there aren't any edge rushers still to be had, but you're not like you're looking at the board and you're like it would be ill advised to reach at this point because you're in another group, you're in another tier of edge rushers, kind of a, a group that's probably going to uh, probably still going to be around when you get to 35. Uh, Most of them, if not all of them may be around there. And I hate to, I hate to wait on the Raiders top need. And, and, you know, of course, in these blogger mock drafts, you can't, you know, there's no trading involved, which, and I think it's well, kind of expect if you listen to Mike Mayock, the way he was talking this, this uh, in the, Pre-draft press conference it becomes pretty obvious that the Raiders have every intention of listening to offers and moving around the draft board and so you know a lot of these mock drafts are going to be kind of obsolete with all the trades that are expected and the Raiders are going to move as necessary they have four pieces there in the in the top 35 and they're going to move around to get that address rusher most likely but as we're looking at the draft board right now um, the top two players were defensive tackles and with the first pick that the Raiders had at four, we took Quinnen Williams, uh, which is also a luxury pick because they they had they brought in PJ Hall and Maurice Hurst last year. So that now that with Quinnen Williams on board in this scenario, they have a uh, just a glut of of interior uh, pass rushers, and so you're not going to go with one of those guys. You're going to go with a you're going to go with Fant. Did you see any other guys on the board that might have given you? some, uh, you know, cho- made you stroke your chin a little bit about uh, the Raiders having a difficult decision?
1: Well, there were a number of wide receivers that were on the board in this draft and, and most likely will still be on the board at pick pick 24 that I really liked. But the Raiders have paid so much attention to the wide receiver position in free agency signing, saying literally four new guys, and I don't think they're going to go in that direction early on in the draft. And frankly, if you want a pass catcher, Noah Fant is about as good as you're going to find in this draft. He averaged 13.3 yards per catch, which is absurd for a tight end, especially when you mm-hmm. combine his that with his effectiveness in the red zone. I mean, I mean, obviously uh, defenses could not pay as much attention to Fant with Hawkinson on a, on the other side running, running, you know, a mirror route with him. You you have to double Hawkinson because he's so good in traffic and has such great hands. Uh, fan doesn't have quite the hands that hawkinson does uh, and you can jam him uh, and get him off his route and his route running is not as crisp as hawkinson but he's he's every bit the athlete that hawkinson is and he knows how to get open and he knows how to high point a ball and he's in just incredibly dangerous um so i I really think fan is a fine pick here honestly
0: well, I would say that as far as the hands are concerned, if you look at the numbers, where sort of Pro Football Focus said that he had eleven drops and eighty um, catchable targets, which is a lot. Um, so, Hawkinson might have more reliable hands based on those numbers. But from what I saw, at least uh, you know, at least just just watching the combine, saw what they did it in the workouts. A uh, um, Fant is a much smoother, natural. Catcher, like he's just more comfortable, and you have to think that maybe some of those drops were concentration drops, and and it's definitely something you can you can improve on. I don't think he's I don't think he's a raw receiver. He just you know has his lapses, and with a put some work in, you can you can kind of clean up those issues if you if you work at it. What I look at here is really filling a top need it's a kind of, it's a merger right it's a it's a merger of best player available and need and the best player at at, at a given po- position he, he's obviously we were talking about Hawkinson being the best at a position but he's the second best and and there have been at times this off season where Fant was considered by some to be a better prospect i just think they're very different prospects and they uh, but there's no one i don't think there's anybody who argues that those two guys are absolutely first round talents and they both are the top of their class at the position and to be able to get somebody who's at the top of his class at his position and is a surefire first round talent by most people's measure, by all the ones I've seen at the 24th pick is, is great value. And it fills a, it fills a great need that that the Raiders had. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. If
1: you if you consider TJ Hawkinson as a top twelve pick, then you can't look at Noah Fant at twenty four and say that's not a steal. I think Fanta the Prospect compares favorably to to Vernon Davis when he was coming out of Maryland. Or uh or an Antonio Gates um coming out of college as a basketball player. Noah Fant played basketball too. Noah Fant was a fantastic basketball player in high school. Uh Noah Fant is is a track star. He's he's absolutely that superlative athlete. Um, that you need on the outside, especially when the, when the Raiders are, you know, if they want to get pass happy, which they could with all the weapons that they have, Noah Fan is exactly the kind, the kind of guy you want um, to open up your deep passing game. And
0: that's what uh, I, we go back to it, uh, what they had in Cook. I and mean, a lot of people like to say, well, the only reason that Jared Cook was the number one receiver on this team is because they had a lack of other options that he was like the only real threat that they have. And sure you could you could say that, but I don't think that that's the whole that's anywhere near the whole story. Because we're talking about John Gruden's offense here. We're talking about you know a guy who loves tight ends. We're also talking about Derek Carr who needs those security blankets. You know, you can't go into the, do a season with some of the the like the rubbish tight end situations the Raiders had a few years ago. He needs to be able to have somebody to check the ball down to or who can run those underneath routes and just that he always knows is there. Sometimes he's gonna be his first read, but if he's not his first read, he knows, okay, I, I can always depend on I can depend on Jared Cook or or Noah Fant when when he when, if he were to join the offense, I I can depend on the tight end being there as a as a go to or uh, when other things break down. So I think it's really important, and and we've it, it's shown that it's important. It's important to John Gruden, and it's important to uh, to Derek Carr. So it's a, and it's important. It's an important position, much more important than I see a lot of these these drafts that have uh, Josh Jacobs going at this spot. And I just don't see running back first of all being so important that you would take it at twenty fourth overall. And I don't see it. I don't see Josh Jacobs as being such a must have that you would neglect other needs that are harder to fill and other positions that are stronger in this draft to draft Josh Jacobs at that point. And he's it's not like he's, he's not Saquon Barkley. He's not Ezekiel Elliott or anything like that. If he were, obviously he'd uh, he'd go higher in the draft. But I would say this draft looks rather, overall, um, it's not a strong draft for running back. So even if uh, you see in these drafts, they are talking about like Mel Kuyper and uh, Todd McShay, I think they both had Josh Jacobs going to the Raiders and they're, and they're talking about like, to be able to get the best running back in the draft, that's a win. And it's like, well, not really. Not if you're, if you're, only if you're grading on a curve, if you're judging it based on the class as a, um, if you're judging it as, as overall on the, on the class, you judge it by previous classes. And it, you, you probably find out that in, in other classes, Josh Jacobs would not, be the top back in the, in this class and quite frankly he doesn't really impress me all that much honestly some people might be like what he doesn't impress you what are you watching and he's like well I've watched him I honestly don't see what the it's not to say he's not talented I just don't see that he's a must first round pick guy
1: I don't necessarily see that either. And in fact, I think miles Sanders out a Penn state might be the best running back in the draft instead of Josh Jacobs. So I don't see Jacobs as a need in the first round at all.
0: Oh, and we were, we were talking about like the fact that there is such uncertainty as to who's the best back in the, in the draft and, and the, the variation in where these backs are, are being predicted to go. I think that stunts the whole class. I think that, that would suggest that you could probably get a pretty good back uh, in the even the third or fourth round. I know the readers don't have a pick in the third, but you know, they're gonna they're probably gonna try to get back in the third or maybe even more picks in the second if they, depending on what trades they make. But uh, you can get a back then. And right now, I think bringing in Isaiah Crowell really helps bolster their overall. Group right now, uh, he become he comes in as a proven starter. Um, if for if nothing else, uh, he, um, Mike Mayock recently uh, he just said the other day in his press conference he used the term "prove it" deal. He's in here on a one year prove it deal. He said, so he clearly doesn't think that Cruel is the long term answer or the workhorse back that this team needs, but he can get the Raiders by should they not get the guy that they want uh, in this draft and. I don't see. Uh, I know we we've kind of switched gears to running back, but uh, reaching at that for a running back at pick twenty four, uh, just because they have an apparent need there, is I I think would be a mistake. Well, it's oh, a mistake yeah, to reach yeah. a running, or any any position, but certainly at running back.
1: Yeah, there's no there's no need for the Raiders to reach in this draft when they have so many picks in the top thirty five. They they can they can take BPA uh, wherever they are, wherever they end up trading up to or down to or or what have you, they, they'll have a guy that they, they target there who's best player available. Uh, running back is probably not a need in the first round. There's If you look at a guy like Bryce Love out of Stanford, tore his ACL last November, probably will go in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. That's the guy you can wait on and have your running back of the future right there.
0: Yeah, I've seen him kind of all over the place as well because that injury puts a question mark on him. And he was recently at the Raiders uh, local pro day, in fact. So he's trying to work his way back and show that he deserves a, um, a higher pick and that, that the injury is something that's not going to hinder his career. But, you know, obviously there are other positions you're, you're looking at as well. That the that It's not just that the Raiders have a lot of picks, is that they have a lot of needs. So you can always when you get to that point you're like okay let's let's do what what we do where you you say this is what they need this is on the board and you find where they match up the best and we got tight end at this position and we got a couple of, there's a couple of picks between this pick and the Raiders next pick at 27 obviously defense would be a top priority they have they have needs they have needs all over it would kind of depend on What's still on the board? Once they get to the twenty seventh pick, they could uh, they could go with um, they go with a linebacker if there's somebody worth it on the board. I don't I don't necessarily see anybody um, after Devin White and Devin Bush who were both gone. I don't necessarily see anybody that uh, that would be on the board that's worth picking at twenty seven. They got a couple. There's some uh, there's a cornerback on the board right now. Uh, DeAndre Baker. He he could be a good pick. You got some safeties in there that could be good picks uh which kind of depend on uh what happens with these next two picks in between uh what the Raiders take after this what are you what are you liking that's on the board right now
1: yeah i'm i'm liking i'm liking the safeties that are there um safety is really top heavy in this draft and the Raiders do need uh, some safety help long term uh just for for depth and a guy who who can who can uh, help in the nickel uh because the Raiders do run that quite a bit um so i would definitely look for help in the defensive secondary with 20, with uh, pick 27
0: let's see what we got here who's who's coming up next after the raiders at 24 we have the eagles and the colts in the interim and uh according to my board i would say the top two players are both defensive tackles that's not to say that that's for sure what they would go with but um uh, that's that's who's on the board uh, You got to uh, Christian Wilkins and Jeffrey Simmons are the top two players that are still left on the board. And since the Raiders went with a defensive tackle with their first pick, just like we said with the 24th pick that uh, if one of them is still on the board, I can't imagine them. And I mean, you don't want to reach for need just like you don't want to neglect need um, entirely for value. So yeah, it's a, uh, some of the guys that are on the board right now, uh, I we mentioned Deandre Baker, um, Jakai Polite who I think probably is going to go lower than this after his pro day work, workout. Nasir Adderley is a, he's the top safety on, uh, on the board. I got here, uh, another defensive tackle in to Lawrence, and then another safety at t- in Taylor Rapp. So, uh, and then of course, Josh Jacobs is in there. Uh, Marquise Brown is another intriguing option. We're talking about, uh, wide receivers they they need i mean they, they signed a lot of ride receivers but i think they still they'll still probably be in the market for a slot receiver in this draft not sure how high they would they would take that player i guess it would kind of depend on uh how much they like the guy and what and what's on the board and whatnot but uh, marquise brown is a very intriguing option and they also need a guard um and there are a few guards in this draft that uh, could be worth worth taking as well so well that's i think that we've thoroughly covered that we're going to be back um probably i guess tomorrow when the when we have the 27th pick to do this again got anything else to add on uh on this subject at the at this time
1: tyler no i think we have covered fant pretty thoroughly uh, and we'll just uh we'll get back in the in the saddle once we pick at twenty seven.
0: fantastic All right. Well, uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. And uh, I guess we'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Silver and Black Pridecast.